Hopefully you had a good Christmas. I just wanted to ask. Everybody survived. When you think of Christmas, what comes to mind? The pat answer. You know, in Christianity, in the church, we could almost always throw that out, right? What's the answer? Jesus. <laughs> you don't even need to know the question. And it's true. It is true. But we didn't want to take all the thunder, so we're going to ask our kids via video, John, what is the meaning of Christmas to you? So, Roland Ferndock, what does Christmas mean to you? So, you know, I'm pretty old, and yeah. And when my kids were the same age as some of yours, like Paige and Sawyer and David, that was a long time ago. And I remember when my boys were little, younger, uh, having Christmas with them and what that morning meant and the excitement in the Oberlin house. And there was a lot of excitement. Well, I could just tell you about it or I could just show you. So I've opted to show you. And Joe and my son Andy are going to explain. So. Whoo! So that's what it was like on Christmas Day at my house. We were actually on campus that year, uh, Springfield, Missouri. And wow, it was uh, interesting. So the robe thing, it actually had a little more to do with me because I would always wear my robe and, and then I had suspenders that I wore underneath that. And is later he came out and kind of played me and as if to say, Dad got a little bit testy at times on Christmas Day, but we didn't see that part. So the title of today's message is The Day After. Oh, you, you know, when you get ahead of me like that, The Day After. Or, Ten Lepers Left Leaping. How many were here last week? Yeah, and what was that one? Four Lepers Leaping. All right, so... A lot going on with the lepers in the Bible, and leaping especially. And uh, today I wanted to talk about this a little bit. Uh, we're going to read from Luke chapter 17, if you happen to have your Bibles. And I'll put it up behind me for those of you who don't. You ready for this? Before I start, let's, uh, let me just say a short prayer. Father, thank you again for the Word of God. Lord, we know that it is the bread of life. And we pray, Lord, that today we would feast on it. That we would take it in, meditate on it, apply it to our hearts, and use it to your glory. And Lord, again, I thank you for everyone that's here, everyone that's home. Uh, listening online, I pray, Lord, that you would just anoint this message as only you can. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. So, let's start with verse 11. It happened that as he, Jesus, made his way toward Jerusalem, he crossed over the border between Samaria and Galilee. As he entered a village, ten men 
All lepers met him. They kept their distance, but raised their voices, calling out, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. You know, again, before I jump to the next verse, notice the distance. It is so much like today. It's it's almost identical, in my opinion. Verse 14. Taking a good look at them, he said, Go show yourselves to the priests. They went, and while still on their way, became clean. One of them, when he realized that he was healed, he turned around and he came back shouting his gratitude, glorifying God. He kneeled at Jesus' feet, so grateful. He couldn't thank him enough. And he was a Samaritan. You know about those guys. Verse 17, Jesus said, We're not ten healed? Where are the other nine? Can none be found to come back and give glory to God except this outsider? Then he said to him, Get up, on your way. Your faith has healed you and saved you. Wow. That's pretty cool. So what can we learn from the leper story? First, Jesus shows mercy when we cry out to him. I don't care what place you find yourself in. If you're down and out, if, you're, if you feel broken, if, if you feel like the world is caving in on you, that is the point where you need to cry out to Jesus for mercy. Remember earlier I said the right answer is Jesus. Cry out to Jesus when you can't think of anything else to do or to say, say Jesus. And he will respond with mercy. The lepers had no place to turn. They were outcasts. The local people wouldn't let them into their cities, into their homes. Not only was leprosy painful, but if you think about it, being alone like they were was probably as much or more so. Who likes being alone all the time? Probably nobody here. But Jesus, the lepers, they heard the stories of how the Master, the Messiah, had healed people of their diseases. The woman with the issue of blood. The blind were made to see. The lame were made to walk. The demoniacs were delivered. They heard those stories, and when they saw Him coming, their first response was, I want some of that. I want that healing that Jesus has for me. And they cried out to him, Jesus! Can you say it with me? Jesus! Hallelujah! Hallelujah! That's, that's awesome. I just start to get blessed when I read this. And Jesus heard their cries, and of course he responded in mercy. The second thing I wanted to point out is to receive from God we must exercise our faith. These men, they weren't healed instantly. You know, that's how God works. You exercise your faith, and then you exercise your faith, and then you exercise your faith. You take those steps of faith, 
and the healing comes. And that's what happened to these men. Jesus told them, in the front end of this thing, go show the priests. Well, what were they going to show them? That they'd been healed. Listen, the Jewish priests that Jesus was referring to, these men denied that Jesus was God. They denied that he was able to heal, and in reference, they denied that he was able to forgive sin. But if he could heal these ten lepers, what would that say about him? It would say that he is God. Do you know anybody else that can heal? I don't. Only Jesus. To receive anything from God, we must exercise our faith to receive it. A scripture that we often quote from the TNIV, Hebrews 11.1, 1, Now faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. This is something you do before the miracle happens. And these lepers were about to prove that. Now, Do any of you children remember what Jesus told the lepers to do? Anybody? I'm looking for a couple of key words. All right, I'm going to show you. I'm going to give you a hint. (laughs) Say that with me. Go and show. Do you realize that this is what we're supposed to do? All of us. Have you received salvation? Go and show. Have you received a healing? Go and show. Has your marriage been restored? Go and show. You are expected to show people what God has done in your life. Does He really love you? Show them. Show them what He's done. I think that's pretty cool. Go and show yourself to the priest. And I already explained what He was doing. He wanted to show the priests, give them one more try, one more chance to repent and believe. You know, God was a God of grace and mercy. He extended that to them over and over and over, even up until the point where they hung him on the cross. And he does the same thing with us. He keeps trying to prove himself to us so that we'll believe. Have you believed yet? Have you believed? Third, only one came back to thank Jesus. Think about that. There were ten that received their healing. Only one came back. How many lepers cried out to Jesus to be healed? Ten. And how many lepers, after they realized they were healed from that wicked disease, took the time to come back and thank Jesus? Only one. Only one. As I like to put it, we need to have an attitude of gratitude for the many ways that God blesses us. And the day after, the title of my message today, this is the modern take of it. This is the context I want you to apply to your life today. What do you do the day after? The day after God blesses you. The day after you get your miracle. The day after that... Christmas is over and the presents have all been opened. 
the wrapping paper has all been thrown away or burned up in the fireplace. The day after we realize that God has forgiven us of our sins and no longer do we have to carry that burden. Whether minutes, hours, months, or years later, you and I need to be grateful for what God has done for us. Don't be ungrateful like the nine lepers, but be grateful like the one. God expects us to have a grateful heart. This is a prerequisite for Christians. If you're not grateful to God for what He's given to you, that He sent His Son, Jesus, to pay the price for you, you're like the other nine. Don't be like the other nine. Be like the one. Before I make my last point, I wanted to go back and read from the last three verses again. Jesus said, We're not ten healed. Where are the nine? Can none be found to come back and give glory to God except this outsider? Then he said to him, Get up on your way. Your faith is healed and saved you. Though Jesus healed ten lepers, the nine Jewish lepers did not return. I find that interesting because they knew that a Messiah was coming. They knew that this person was going to bring healing and power and authority. And yet, they didn't go back and thank him. Nine Jewish lepers were ungrateful, or at least so it would appear. And I'm not picking on the Jewish people here, by the way. If you and I were there, we probably would have been right there with them. We probably would have gone on our way and neglected to go back and say, thank you, Lord. I had nowhere to turn. I was broken. I was hurting. I was miserable. Until you came along. And look what you did for me. Hallelujah, you healed me. My final point, because this one man came back and gave thanks, he was healed completely. He was healed completely. Now, we don't know what happened with the other nine. I don't know if they kept the healing. You know, I've seen people that were healed, and then next thing I know, they're dead. It was like they... They caught it, but then they let it go. I don't know if that's what happened here or not. We don't hear anymore about them. But what we do know is this. Because that Samaritan leper came back to Jesus with a grateful heart, thanking God, Jesus said, because of your faith, you are whole now. You are whole now. And I believe that had more to... More than just the leprosy thing going, all right? I believe he was talking about salvation. Even though Jesus hadn't died on the cross yet, I believe he was looking forward. That man was completely whole when he walked away that day. And it was almost like Jesus was kind of a little bit ticked. 
when you read, especially from the message. Let's go back and look at that real quick. Get up on your way. Your faith has healed and saved you. You know what I think it was? I think he was disappointed that the nine Jewish men weren't there. So he could say the same thing to them. Imagine the testimony that would have come from that if those nine had run around saying, the Master healed me. And I sometimes wonder if they didn't go back and maybe if they made it to the priest, they just said, hey, look, I'm healed. Maybe they didn't give God the glory. I don't know. We'll never know until we're in heaven. And even then, we probably won't care then. Those who are grateful and come back to give God the glory will be made whole. Hallelujah. As I wrap this up, I wanted to share a little bit of an excerpt from a devotion that I recently read from an A.G. pastor, Richard Dresselhaus. He's quite known in the assembly. What can we give to God the day after? The best gift to give to Jesus is to give Him your life. All of ourselves. Richard broke it down like this. Since Christmas is about giving, what's the best gift you can give Jesus? This is where it gets interesting. The best gift you can give Jesus, wow, are your sins. We don't think like that. We think, oh, well, I need to give him my life. Yeah, you do. You need to confess Jesus is Lord and make him the master of your life. But what he wants from you are your sins. You know that brings him joy, believe it or not. Because he already paid the price for them. Jesus shed his blood for this reason. Richard said, it gives Jesus joy to grant us a pardon. What does it mean to pardon someone? To forgive, to no longer hold them accountable for whatever they were responsible for? What did it cost those people to be pardoned? Nothing. It was all on God. Not only does Jesus take our sins, but He also takes our failures. What? Who does that? Who takes the bad and exchanges that for good? Only God. Right? And that's what God did for us through Jesus Christ. Our loving Heavenly Father loved us so much that he sent Jesus to pay the ultimate price for our sins. And those who cry out to him, have mercy on me, Lord, are pardoned, are forgiven, and their sins are removed. The Bible says that they're white as snow. When we cry out to Jesus for help, He takes great joy to help us. 
Think of the names of the Holy Spirit, the one that Jesus sent on his behalf. Remember when he ascended, he said, I'm going to send the Holy Spirit. And what were some of those names? Advocate, helper, counselor, paraclete. The Holy Spirit is a seal or a promise that what God said would happen is happening in us, through us. And there are so many other names. In our weakness, God provides strength. The Lord takes our doubts and transforms them into faith. And if you're hurting, if you're in despair today, your gift to Jesus is giving that despair to the Lord. And He will replace it with hope and peace. The peace that passes all understanding. He will give you joy unspeakable. One last little scripture. 1 Peter 1, 8 and 9. You love Him even though you have never seen Him. Though you do not see Him now, you trust Him. And you rejoice with a glorious, inexpressible joy. The King James says, joy unspeakable right there. The reward for trusting Him will be what? The salvation of our souls. So the best gift that you and I can give to Jesus is you. All of you. All the brokenness. And He'll take that brokenness when you cry out for mercy. And He'll replace it with the good things that need to be there. He'll bring healing to your bodies, to your souls, if you'll only trust Him. Amen? Would you stand with me? Father, we are again grateful as a body of believers, as a family of people who love Jesus. Lord, I know that most of us in this room, perhaps all, have confessed our sins to You and we've asked Jesus to take that burden of of sin off of us. To pardon us. Lord, I pray for everybody that's within hearing of my voice, whether in person or online. If you're here today and you would just say, I am so thankful that I've given my life to Jesus, that He rules me, He is my Lord, He is my God, would you just lift your hand up real quick? Hallelujah. Thank you. Thank you. And I I know there are a few in here that didn't raise their hand, and maybe you're online and, and you weren't able to raise it. But listen. If you're in that place where you're carrying a load you shouldn't be carrying, Jesus said, bring your burdens to Him. For His yoke is easy. His burden is light. He doesn't expect you to go through this life carrying the weight of the world, carrying your sins to the very end. In fact, He wants you to give them to Him right now. And if you'll do that, 
He will forgive you, He will heal you, and He will make you whole, just like He did the one man that came back and gave thanks. So I want to pray with everybody here. And let's just make this a general prayer, a prayer that a family would pray together. And let's just trust God to move here today. Are you ready? Let's start with Heavenly Father. Thank you for Jesus. Our King. The Prince of Peace. Our Lord. Who suffered. Was beaten. And died for me. Today. I want to take advantage of that. I confess, Lord, I am a sinner, and I need God's healing. Forgive me of all my sins, and make me a new person in Christ, born again. The old man is dead. A new man has been created. Holy Spirit, come, Counselor. Come, fill me with all that I need. Take the unnecessary stuff, remove it, and replace it with what should be in me, the fruits of the Spirit. I love you, Lord. Now, May I go and show this world what you've done for me. And I pray this in the precious name of my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Give the Lord a hand today. Hallelujah. That last part, go and show. Let's do that. Let's make that a, a part of who we are. You know, when the, when the policeman shows up, the first thing you see is the badge. And maybe the gun, I don't know, but one of the two. When people see us coming, what do they see? They should see the authority that God has given us. Jesus. Jesus. We are His kids. We are heirs to the throne. We're going to live in heaven forever. We need to go and show people what what it means to be a follower of Christ. Amen? Amen. Bless, Bless this people today, Lord. Those who are traveling, Lord, keep them safe as they come and go. Bless our time with family this week. I know we're in between the holidays of Christmas and New Year's. And Lord, uh, again, may we bring glory to the name of Jesus. We give you all the praise. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Thanks for coming this week. Um, By the way, starting next Sunday night, we have a week of prayer. So, Every night, Sunday through Friday, we took Saturday off, six days, um, 
You'll hear more about it next Sunday. It's, it'll be on the website. It's already on the website. Um, but hopefully you can join us because it's the beginning of the new year. Let's bust in with prayer this year and let's intercede for our friends, family, and neighbors. God bless.